Dave Meltzer here. I sat down with my friend Marty. Now, most of you know him as Martellus Bennett, Super Bowl champion, of course, but he's also the creative director of Awesomeness for the Imagination Agency. So Marty and I were talking about how his own off-season internship created his own dream job. Speaking of dreams as well, Marty told me that there's a huge difference between creating a dream and catching a dream. And then finally, he really talked about focusing and taking readers from the Imagination Agency on an adventure and teaching them lessons while they're on that adventure. You can catch all of this and more. This is Dave Meltzer, Entrepreneur The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. All right, this is Dave Meltzer, CEO of Sports One Marketing with Entrepreneur, the playbook. We are on the set of Entrepreneur's Elevator Pitch, which is apropos because I have Marty Bennett here, and most people know you from playing football, as yes. I do, and Aggie, et cetera, extraordinary tight end. But we're not here to talk about football. I'm here to talk about business. And most people don't know that you're known as the Black Walt Disney. Then, I mean, some people call me that. I mean, I mean, I called myself that first. I liked you know? it. I started calling you it once I yeah, heard it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's, no, it's real, though. Like, dude, it is. You're, it's you're like, all over it. Like, you grow up, and it's like these major companies and major people. And it's like, man, I want to build something great. And when you think about the greatest companies in the world, you think about what Disney did. You think about what Katzenberg did with, when he went to DreamWorks. And you think about Ed Catmull and John Lasseter, all the guys at Pixar. Then you think about, like, Bill Watterson, what he was able to do with Calvin and Hobbes is just art. The best of all who did the best out anybody possible of negotiating a deal was J.K. Rowling. That's true. Huge. She she kept the rights. She kept like she from the streets. Yes. Yeah. But interesting because all of them have one thing in mind. They have uh, imagination, right? And that's the name of your agency, isn't yes, it? Yes, the Imagination Agency. Yeah, and Walt Disney, Pixar, everyone's known for what I believe is the key to life is you got to dream it first. Yes. And then you got to be inspired. Yes. But then you have to have something that you have as being a professional athlete is the ability to take all that discipline, strategy, and action to make it real. Yes. And what's the key in your life? Because you're a dreamer. I can tell from just a few minutes of talking with you and seeing you're a real dreamer. How do you effectuate, which most entrepreneurs don't know how to do, an idea and make it into a business? I think there's, there's two people. There's, there's dreamers and then there's dream catchers, right? So nice. everyone dreams, but there's very few people who actually go catch those dreams and go chase those dreams and go after them. But the, the dream is free. The hustle that it takes and the grind it takes to go catch them, I think this is where most people struggle. They get tired. The dream is always constantly in motion, so it's always moving. So you can't slow down because when you slow down, it gets further away. The more time you take off, the further away you have to go to get to that dream. I think that's one of the biggest things, just constantly putting in the effort every single day. It's like a treadmill sometimes. You just own it. You run it. You run it. You consistent. But the thing about running every day is you get better at it. You know, you run one mile, then you're able to run two miles, then you're able to run three miles. Before you, you're running a marathon with a group of white folks. Yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're lucky. <laughs> now, you didn't always dream of being the Black Disney, I assume. You, you had to have other dreams. What was your first dream as a child, what you wanted to do? Astronaut. Really? A Houston yeah. guy? I, yeah, I love NASA. I love space. I love, 
I mean, astronauts and doing karate in space was like two of my biggest things. Like, if I wasn't going to be an astronaut, I was going to be a ninja because I loved three ninjas. And I was just like, I'd be able to sneak attack people and kick them in the face. But after that, I, I grew up by the time I was a freshman, I was 6'4". <laughs> yeah, you grew fast, though, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, like there's not too many 6'4 ninjas out there, you know what I'm no. saying? So, <laughs> and then, but I've always been a hustler. Like, I never worked for anybody. Like, my brother had jobs, but I always... Had like my own lawnmower company, and I. How old like, were you when you had the lawnmower company? Like 11, 12. Really? Yeah, and then from there I would have candy. I would take the candy and sell the candy to double up on my money. And um, I always was hustling. When you're saying candy, you mean like real candy, right? Because I had another play uh, podcast with a nutrition guy who he was talking, and then all of a sudden I realized he was talking about something other than real candy. No, I'm talking about about (laughs) Snicker bars, Reese's, Twixes. Airheads was popular and they were easy to move because 25 cent, everyone had a quarter. Yeah. Sour patches were uh, popping too. Chocolate sometimes would melt in Texas. So I had to be very particular with the way I moved with chocolate. So the the more gummy type candies were better. Did you have any businesses while you were playing football in college? Yeah, when I was in college, I started a company called Mood Swings. I was, I've always been kind of, I thought I was a moody person, but I wasn't really moody. I was just normal. <laughs> <laughs> so I started this company. I started selling T-shirts after the game. So I would sell T-shirts and make T-shirts, green print them, and we'll sell those. And then I would sell art out of my uh, out of my house. So I would paint and sell paintings around campus and stuff too. Nice. Now, when you were playing, a lot of guys wait until after they play to figure out how they're going to transition into the business world. Were you already developing your business skills as you were playing football? Yeah, I think that's the biggest mistake that you make, like, and for athletes in particular in this case, um, you have to build the bridge before you have to cross the bridge, right? If you wait till you need to get to the other side, now you got to spend all this time trying to build this bridge to get to the other side, which takes time for you to just walk across and be doing what you need to do. So I always say guys, like, most businesses, a lot of people have extra strategies. The NFL, like sports, you got to have an extra strategy right away because you're one play away from never being able to play again, you know, and the turnover so, so happens so often. The average career is three and a half years. You think about me, I'm 30 years old and people are 31 now, and people say that, oh, you retired. Right. But I don't, I don't look at it as retiring because if you work at a place for 10 years and you go work at another company, no one says that you retired. They just say you took a job at another place. Right, you're transitioning. Yeah, it's transitioning. Like it's just going, I moved on to something else. So I think that and for athletes, you got to start thinking about what's next right away. So I was able to spend a lot of my free time, you know, thinking about like what I want to do and who I was and what made me happy. And I experimented, I interned at places, I go Nickelodeon, I go to DreamWorks, I go to all these places and job shadow and talk to people there and drop in on conferences and things like that and meet people in the world that I want to be in. And It's so smart, right? Because as an athlete, you have so much more access. So I do a lot of business coaching of athletes. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Warren does a lot of quarterback coaching, Warren Moon, my partner. Yeah. But I do a lot of business coaching and what they're amazed at is like they're like well I want to do this I go let's go find the person that sits in the situation you want to be in like at yes. DreamWorks or Nickelodeon right that's what you're so smart for doing that because not everyone I mean it's hard enough for a normal person they don't have the access but when you walk in 
the door's open while you're playing, though. You yes. lose that status when you're done. As soon as you retire, no one cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Even as a Hall of Famer, you know, we were blessed to market the Hall of Fame and work with these great Hall of Famers. And that's what upset me so much about T.O. I was like, why would you do that? Cut, cut yourself off from the brotherhood of 270 guys that at least stay relevant every year, no matter if you're 70 or 80. Because yeah. as a player, you know you, the guys you played with that aren't playing anymore can walk the streets and nobody will stop them. Yes. Right. You you are a little bit bigger, so people at least wonder if you played basketball or you football. You see a big black guy in the elevator. What sport do you play? <laughs> exactly. That's the first question. The first question. Yeah. He, I even wore it as well, right? Yeah. And, and when they look at me, they're like, "What law firm do you work for?" Yeah. <laughs> are you his agent? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Always. I, I used to say yes, but you know, that mentorship. Uh, do you provide that now also? Because there's so many young guys that look up to you because most of the football, forget the money, the football, basketball players especially, they want to be in business and they look to like Baron Davis, yourself, guys that I know that are doing it in the real world of business. Do they look up to you, mentor those guys as well? Yeah, I mean, I talk to, I talk to Baron every once in a while. He yeah. actually hit me up about some business stuff the other day. Um, no, but like a lot of guys reach out to me and whether they want to do anime, comics, music, if it's something creative, guys reach out to me about doing creative things. And But I've been kind of jotting down notes, you know, like the transition, like the in life after football, like things I noticed that I should have did better when I played yeah. and things that I did well and things I'm doing now that kind of that helped me grow in this situation. So there's a lot of guys that call me and I try to give them advice and how to go about things, but like, is actually have to be dedicated to it. Like I wouldn't go overseas in most of my off season because I would come and I would work out somewhere where I could go and intern. Right. You know, so I had to make those sacrifices. I try to find a cool place. Like my wife loves to come to LA. Like yeah, let's go to LA and we'll be out <laughs> for a couple of weeks and I go meet with whoever I'm meeting with, talk to whoever I'm talking to, learn as much as I can, and train at the same time. So what was but, the best internship you had? I mean, I don't know if it was like the best internship, but like. It's really just being able to sit in the conversations. Like one day I was at Nickelodeon and like the creators of Invader Zim, um, Rugrats, yeah. um, um, Hey Arnold, everybody was all in the same room. And I was just sitting in the room. And I was supposed to be job shadowing, but I had too many questions to ask. So I just started asking all these questions and everyone started laughing. Yeah. And it was like, oh, these are great questions because it's a, from an outside perspective. I think the best thing I've learned is that I wasn't groomed to be what I am, right? Yeah. I didn't go to school for it, so I'm coming from a fresh perspective and a place of just pure passion and love out of the Almost a consumer's craft. perspective, Yes, right? as a like consumer the, as well, yes. Yeah, looking at going, hey, this would appeal to me. Um, in that respect, you, you wrote a children's book. Yes. And I, I, uh, I always wanted to write a series of children's book about gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication. Like I want to use athletes in, in these kids' books, like guys like yourself, yeah. so that kids can learn these values. What values do you teach in your in your books? The only value that I try to teach is uh, the value of going on a great adventure. I think that sometimes I don't really like lesson-driven stories because mm -hmm. you only can read them for a short period of time. But a great adventure, you could pick up and read that book over and over again. So like a book like No David, yeah. which is, I don't, I mean, who knows? No offense to me. Yeah. David. <laughs> <laughs> like a book called No David, um, like after a while it's just, it's the same lesson, but like a right. great book like Harry Potter, you dive into it and it just, I mean, I know that's two ends of the spectrum, but, but like, still. you know, or Beekle, like my uh, unimaginary friend and Beekle and things like that. So um, 
I like to write stories that encourage kids to use their imagination and go on great adventures. Like I like to have lots of stuff going on, lots of possibilities. Because I write a lot of stories for children of color, right. and I think oh, a lot of stuff they like. You don't see a lot of children of color in sci-fi movies, you know, fantasy, fantasy fiction. You know, in Harry Potter, there's not a lot of black wizards. So I try to create a world where they do exist, and they could see themselves in magical roles. So it's more about this. Been for them to too to understand that there are possibilities out there that's beyond just you know basketball, football, but like just stuff they could dream about. Right, creating their own dreams and, and yeah. with their own identities. One of the things I noticed when I first met you, which I love, right? I love people that illuminate who they are, and because if we can illuminate the differences of of what other people appear to see, you know, like people of color, white people, this, and, and we do it through humor a lot, yeah. but it raises the awareness of how similar th that we all are. Right? Yes, I, I always get mad because every day they report like 10 bad, 10, 10 shitty ass things that happen <laughs> during the day, right? Yeah. But then they never report like that, you know, 10 billion people got along today. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah, it's exactly. just like a few people fucking up shit. I don't know if I can say fucking <laughs> yeah, up can. shit on here. It's all digital. But yeah, there's like... Uh, <laughs> Those words sound better on digital. There's like 10 people out there fucking shit up. And then yeah. there's like a million, 10 million other people that just had a great day. And I think the same thing in business and in sports that amazed me is like, you and I both know, most of your friends that played, they do so much for the community. Oh, yes. Hours and hours, you know my business partner back there, his whole life is dedicated now to giving back. But you, you never see anything about these guys. Oh, so-and-so spent the last three days down in Africa building a village or you know, in the Houston community handing out food. Every, only around Thanksgiving will they show the guys you know, giving out food. Well, they pick and choose who they want to highlight. Right. Right, there's a lot of players from all types of communities that they don't highlight. They do a lot of great things. And the NFL, the, the media, they promote the guys they want to promote in those situations. But really, there's more than a handful of guys that's out there really making true impact. There's hands Almost on, all of them. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. the handful of guys they show on TV are always the same people. Yeah. Right? They don't tell the stories of the magnificent things that everyone's doing in their neighborhoods, whether it's like Cliff Avro flies to Haiti, builds schools. My brother's helping, you know, build... Uh, community gardens and working at detention centers and it's just like I'm trying to work on doing coding camps and underserved I communities and I work with Black Girls Code there's like so many different things that everyone's doing but those aren't the stories they want to tell right you know so and there should be a place where they tell those stories those great feel good stories because yeah. we all need to feel better yeah you know like yeah Players Tribune all these different portals I am still surprised that we can't find an outlet where people can go every day and get content, even if it's self-generated content, right? Because yeah. right now there's probably a thousand athletes that are, you know, donating a field out there with their neighborhood schools where they went to giving a free football, basketball camp, not being paid and inviting all their friends to help out raising money. It happens every day. But think about it. LeBron just built a school that's free for everybody. And the president comes out and says that he's stupid. Right. Or dumber. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him like, and Don Lemon, right? It's ridiculous. First I mean, this guy just opened a school. Yeah. And your school administration people suck, right? And here's a guy that's doing the job that you should be doing, yeah. and you come out and say he's stupid. Like, he's building schools, but that's stupid. Speaking of which, you know, th that type of attention with athletes as well. I, I, I found it ironic, right, that so many athletes, we try to keep them from responding to stupid stuff. Yeah. And here, our president, I, I personally think, regardless of what you believe in that guy, like, why are you wasting your time talking about LeBron James? 
<laughs> I say the same thing. You know, it's like, like LeBron's just doing his thing. Exactly. And it's good. And yeah. I, I love MJ. You know, he came out straight out and said, I love what LeBron does, right? David Silver, they yeah. all support what he does. Now, the coding camps interest me. Uh, are you involved yourself? Did you learn how to code yourself? No, I don't know how to code. Yeah, they don't either. That's the issue, though. I grew up in a community where, like, we was introduced to that possibility. And I think that coding is going to be the blue-collar work of the future. So I want to make sure that kids that grow up in the communities I grow up have access to the ability to do so. Because also, there's not a lot of black people in tech. And it's really, that starts at the young age, introducing them to tech and what tech can do for them. And also seeing yourself in that tech. So that way, they could groom and be the next creators of tomorrow. So for me, I want to give a level out the playing field a little bit and introduce them to the possibilities. Because a lot of these kids are really smart. It's the same thing. I always say, like... Like there's a lot of kids that come up and rap, but they never introduced to the idea of scoring films. How many African American composers can you name that score major films? Right, Little you know, <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So it's like, but how many uh, African American musicians can you name? There are the best ones you ever heard in your life. From Michael Jackson to Prince to whoever you want to name. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Snoop Dogg. No doubt. I love Snoop Dogg. Me too. No doubt is good too. <laughs> but Snoop too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so question. Your son, you have a son. Would I you have a daughter? Would, I know, but if you okay, your daughter, let's say yeah. your daughter. Would you encourage her to be a esports star, a, a engineer to code, or a professional athlete? My daughter? Yeah. So I don't give a shit what she decides to do. Whatever it is that she want to do, that's what I'm going to support her in. Like, my job is to make sure she leaves the house equipped with a powerful imagination. That's my ultimate job at, as a dad, to make sure that her imagination is big enough, that she can have big enough dreams that she goes out there and tries to achieve them. I don't even think my daughter's going to go to college. I think she's going to move to Paris or some shit. Nice. She's four years old right now, but I'll just be watching <laughs> her, and she just might be, she might be a ninja. I don't know what the hell she's going to do. <laughs> like, I'm just, she may go, like... <laughs> I was telling my wife, I was like, man, she just might go surf yeah. across the ocean and some shit. She's just this courageous, outgoing. Already. And I wonder where she gets that, man. That's and awesome. she's really fascinating All right, last, qu last question. Yeah. You have one gift to give to humanity. What would it be? For me? Yeah. Like my personal gift? Yeah, what would you give to humanity? Um, empathy. Nice. I think empathy, I mean... One, art is humanity. There is no humanity without art. But I think one thing that we lack as a culture these days is empathy. And to empathize is to really put yourself in someone else's shoes and feel what they're feeling. It's easy to sympathize. Everyone, there's a lot of sympathy running around the universe. But to empathize actually takes a moment of putting yourself in a place that you wouldn't normally be in to understand where someone else is coming from. So. I think I would just drop a bag of empathy on a, every all the whole world, just like bam, bitch. There's some empathy. <laughs> well, that's like that's taken right from my favorite speech. Some of them I give all the time. The difference between empathy and sympathy. I take empathy even a step farther. Not only walk in someone else's shoes, but forgive yourself for what the conditions and judgments that you see. So, you know, oh, yeah, right? true, forgiveness yeah. is tied into empathy. That so many people have the need to be offended or the need to be right, and all you have to do is forgive yourself and not be so judgmental of other people. Forgive, yeah. I mean, I think if you really want to learn about empathy, just watch E.T. <laughs> Good point. The whole movie is about empathy. Yeah. See? And um, like Elliot, Elliot really puts himself into um, E.T. shoes. He right. literally could feel everything that E.T. feels. And his brother You are like, wise beyond your years, young Marty. I really appreciate your time. Come back, visit the playbook anytime. I really appreciate what you do as well to inspire 
not only kids of color, but all kids, because they do look up to you, not only physically, but what you're doing in the business world. So anything I can do to help mentor, finance, whatever it is, I'm looking forward to when doing business with a man with imagination. Right now, right now, I fund all my own stuff, but when I need a check, I'm going to definitely hit, send you a text I, You're a guy to invest in. So maybe we'll have you back on elevator pitch, stand in that elevator, and we'll fund your company. Sure. Anyway, thank you. This is Marty Bennett with Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneur, The Playbook. Once again, thanks for joining me and Marty here on The Playbook. Join us every Tuesday for a new and exciting adventure. And remember to subscribe today on your favorite platform. And if you want mine, leave me a review of what other guests you'd like to hear on Entrepreneur The Playbook.